Honestly, um, I I actually went on a unique route through journalists because I'm very lucky with the job I had. Um, shout out to Atmosphere. They're an amazing team. They gave me the opportunity to do news producing with them, and I couldn't be more thankful. And I'm so far, I'm, a, um, I'm taking a loving to the job. I, I really brings out the passion of me covering different types of news for businesses so that people can go in different bars and restaurants and really check them out themselves and really check out the channel for themselves. There's no talking heads. It's just really highlights. So it is definitely unique for journalism because that's not really what, uh, you know, the traditional route is. Mm -hmm. But we do have experienced producers. We do have experienced uh, journalists, editors, and they really love their work just as much as I do. And I couldn't be thankful for that. But the life of a journalist from coming from me as a college student in UL Lafayette, it's very competitive. It's extremely competitive. But that doesn't mean that all journalists are all like selfish, individualistic at all. That's not it. In fact, the, the journalist community, every press release I've ever been in, everyone's been so nice, helpful. They, I'm sitting there, all, all these big cameras, right? You know, like getting ready to interview Ted Cruz, for example. And I did. You told me about that, and I saw the video. That was the coolest thing ever. I'm sitting there, you know, like I'm covering my own little independent MyPoint TV, going in there, you know, with like a little baby camera, and you see all these, you know, CBS, Dallas, you know, Fox Eight, and all these big cameras. You Wait, just, so where was this at? So the, for the people listening, where was this thing at? Because that was like that's probably one of the most interesting stories you've told me about. So. So if I remember correctly, this was the story where Ted Cruz visited the downtown con uh, Dallas Convention Center in downtown, where there was uh, over about 2,000 immigrant kids held up. The Biden administration transported the illegal immigrant kids to that convention center um, in the summer last year. I don't remember exactly what, mm -hmm. what time, but I remember Ted Cruz was going there. The journalists were not allowed to go see the convention center. We were not allowed in. So, but Ted Cruz was, and he came out and he started ranting about, "Oh my God, you should have seen how it was there and everything." And this was just after, I remember now. This was just after he came back from Cancun. This was just after he came back from Cancun. <laughs> After the winter storm. So it was oh around. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. That was all the memes. I remember all those memes. Oh my God, that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember that. I was always, I always feel so intimidated when you go to cover press releases because, you know, I'm sitting there like with a tiny little camera and right. like trying to, trying to make sure I, I fit in, you know, I'm not like some sort of, you know, I don't know, like black sheep. I don't know. Right, I, right, right. No, yeah. Cause it's, right, yeah. You know? But you're there. You're doing the job. You got to do what you got to do, even right. if it's through camera phones, which luckily for journalists, you know, camera phones are like really good for cameras in general. They, they offer high quality. So it's a good backup. But, you don't, you know, obviously you have microphones, you have really good copy editors, producers, editors, and you have a team around you. But nowadays, journalism as a whole is, is extremely competitive. Damn, that's yeah, that's crazy, man. It's I, I've I've heard you know you hear stories like you know people going to war and stuff like that like i think we were talking about last time like especially with the ukraine stuff and like the russia stuff war going on and everything and, like it couldn't be so more relevant like the journalism is you know it's 
because you're stepping in and you don't know who you're talking to. You know, you don't know who, you know, or what situation is going to happen. I mean, that's the kind of the magic of it, I guess, or, uh, or the mystery of it. Do you like the adrenaline of it, of that? Oh yeah. Oh, there's a, (laughs) there's a sense of rush that you get it uh, when you really, uh, when, when you're doing a great job, when you, when you really let the other person be comfortable and they can speak their mind, um, that's when the rush comes in because you're really, you're really letting the other person tell the story because, uh, I feel like one, we journalists take themselves way too seriously as like this voice that they have to talk about and report over the story rather than let the story speak for itself. Let the action speaks for itself or the witness or the person interviewed, let, let them speak for themselves. And we, I understand why we have these kind of editing rules of, for example, like when interviewing somebody and you're doing a story and you have to edit it, you usually want only about 10 to 15 seconds of a certain voice, whether it be me doing stand up, you only want about 10 to 15 seconds of the journalist, then 10 seconds of another soundbite, then 10 seconds of another soundbite. And therefore to keep the audience's interest, it's all about keeping the audience invested in the story. And I get that, but a lot of the times that always makes it feel emptier, like lack of content. And it can be very easily, while easily digestible, really can go over the heads of people. It can make a story forgettable. It can mm. make a story overly simplified when it should be nuanced. And that is, uh, that, that to me, it's one of the criticisms of being a journalist. You can't take yourself too seriously. You have to be grounded. You have to be just do your job. You know, you're mm-hmm. there to report the news as, as, as unbiased as possible. Yeah. You can have a personality, have fun, engage with the community, but if you want to have people trust you, you're going to have to be as unbiased as possible. And honestly, it's professional and kind and you grow your audience. People focus too much on ratings and, mm-hmm. and not enough on building that solid trust that old school journalists pre-internet were able to do. You think like Walter Cronkite or you think of like other local news, which is for a long time why people trusted local news stations for before Twitter and before social Mm -hmm. media because Mm -hmm. they were able to go down in the community really and and yeah, make make more violent and blood and guts news become the norm in the 90s and early 2000s that sensationalized news, but they still had the trust of the public. And right. I don't know, ever since social media, that really has gone down. And what me, do you think that is? Or sorry, yeah. Keep no, 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 you're good. You're good. Um, I personally think that has something to do with uh, social media, just popularizing tabloid news to an extreme degree. So okay. it is easier than ever to have a bot just, just type in and code easily digestible news and just plug it in on social media. I mean, for right. example, why Mark Zuckerberg got and Facebook got in so much trouble, uh, what, two years ago? Or like even, I don't even remember when the Mark Zuckerberg trials went. Do you remember that? Uh, I, uh, whenever he was losing Facebook or buying Facebook? No, or? no, no, no. He was, he was in trouble because he... Uh, oh, for the data. Data, yes. Data, yes, yes, yes. I remember that whenever AOC was kind of going at him too. Yes, I remember yeah. those things. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I remember the Mark Zuckerberg meetings of him drinking water, like just like 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's when they came out with the alien. Like they kept doing the music, the alien. <laughs> my it's favorite. Like, they're like my, he looks like a lizard. <laughs> my favorite of all time is what is like he's eating toast and they just and they just put robot noise on it. It's like oh god. <laughs> Oh my god. That one was awful. Well, I mean, dude, to build something like that, you gotta be some sort of robot or something. To do some stuff like that, man, you gotta be some sort of robot. Man, I, think he's, I think he's I think he's at this point doing a running joke. I mean, you have to be aware of it. I mean, you have to be aware of it. That or he's just gone. Like, it, it, I, I have a theory that it's like there's there comes a point. It's like there comes a point where you just become too rich to kind of communicate or relate to anybody. You, you, you don't even connect at that point. You just exactly. <laughs> you kind of become a million. <laughs> right. a, oh my something, happened. something happened or he lost his humanity there. He a robot. And the, or, and, or a lizard, apparently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, hey, shout out to Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, no kidding. Please. <laughs> Please. Hey, look. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll do the pot. Let's do the podcast in the metaverse next time. That, that'll make <laughs> that, that that is a great idea, actually. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm still trying to you know talk to his ego too. We're all into the punch. All right, let's be. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. No, Man. but uh, personally, to get back on top. No, no, you're good. This is this uh, is exactly what we need. Uh, I personally believe that. Um, people just lost faith in news. I, I, and I, I completely understand why. I mean, when, when Donald, yeah. that, one of the few things that Donald Trump, I, I agreed with was that, that fake news is, is being, being everywhere. And right. why nobody trusts CNN or Fox news, the big two highest rated shows on television. We're good. Yeah, we're good. We're good, man. Go with the punches. <laughs> yeah, man. Show must go on. That's all. <laughs> Uh, okay, so you were saying that uh, uh, that the tick, like the fastest way to someone is yeah, yeah, the fastest the fastest way to get an idea into someone's head right now is through memes, is through slides, is through pictures, easily digestible headlines. Mm-hmm. Just make it quick, scrappy, and to the point. And that's just the modern world we live in. That that doesn't mean now that does not mean that people are dumber. That doesn't mean that people are are getting slower or like or, or any insult in that matter. In yeah. fact, we're getting better, we're getting smarter, we're getting faster. Because if people can read the headlines really quickly and they're interested, they'll quickly click on their article and read it for themselves. Okay. Because that's what social media is for. It's a tool for us to use, and we're becoming more and more advanced the more we use it. And you and called it a natural evolution earlier. Yeah, I don't know if we caught it while it was... Yeah, it's a natural progression in news. I mean, when you communicate... when You can only get so good at communicating in one way before it gets old and you improve. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone... Yeah, if, if we would have peaked... Uh, the, technically, the peak of communication was what? The telegram? Telephone? What? Is there a peak in communication? Holy crap, that's crazy yeah, to think about. But it, there's always improvement, right? You right. Know, wanted to send messages faster. Texting was suddenly a big thing instead of a fad. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, emojis were a big thing. All of a sudden, you know, our way of communicating evolved. And I feel like news took a while, took a while to keep up with the masses, which is why, for example, newspapers and print journalists struggled in the early 2000s to keep up 
with social media or keep up with digital era news sites. Mm. How do you keep up? Biggest, the biggest way that news makes its money is through advertising. There's, we don't yeah, sell yeah. anything. We don't sell, we sell you news. Right. Something that you can Google, you know? Right. So, but obviously that's not what we do. We do more <laughs> than just, just deliver the news. We, right. we report it. We keep it balanced. We keep it unbiased. And okay. we offer the best source of information by trusted okay. sources. But that's, but that's the thing, right? How do you keep up giving trust, trusted sources when there's bots sensationalizing news? For every one good about. story, you're going to get drowned out by 30 fake ones. See what I mean? That's what it is, right? It is. And, and what is the point of that? Like, what are they? Like, is it just advertisement? Is that what you say? Or yeah. like, what? Are, why are they doing the bots? Like, what's the point of that? To drown, to drown the access of information. When you have, when you have so much information, how uh -huh. do you tell the truth? Even if it's a blade, you can start out easily. It's like, okay, that's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's the truth. Okay. And you uh -huh. take your time checking to make sure it's the truth. And right. Something with slightly similar but different information starts <clears throat> to blur the line. And all of a sudden, one, one person could write one thing and then another journalist could write something conflicted. Or yeah. even worse, even worse, whenever there's science that says one thing and then the, the news pushes it, pushes it, pushes it, that it's this one thing, this new study did this. And all of a sudden there's a change. There's an added thing. Like a few months later or a week later, a new test said that this was wrong. Uh-huh. Uh -huh, uh -huh. how, how do you face that as a journalist? You just hold oh so God. many people, hey, this is the thing that you should do. And then, bam, new study. And that's where you find the divided people. And in other words, people start arguing. People start arguing, right? Uh-huh. And that's probably part of the thing that, for example, that I, you know, as a journalist take accountability for yeah. because I'm not a scientist. I can't, uh -huh. I can't look at a, I, I can't look at a, I admit I have trouble looking at, you know, scientific reports and I have to make sure it's like, okay, how can I word this in a way that the per, that the person reading this can understand as much as I do? Cause I'm not the one doing the abstract, you know, it's like most people either read the abstract in a scientific paper that mm -hmm. is not a scientist or read mm -hmm. the conclusion without looking at all the nuances behind it. Yes. You just know the result of how, okay. Exactly. I knew trying to build a whole story about, about it around famous, it. Yeah. It was like a famous one that John Oliver even posted out. It was like, Oh, chocolate gives you cancer. Like uh, somebody reported that new science said certain types of chocolate can cause increase in cancer when that's not even the anything to do with the actual study it has something to do with a particular protein that was in chocolate that could potentially i don't even know how to explain it myself right it was okay. complicated it's complicated <laughs> right how oh do you expect God. a journalist with no scientific background to actually come out as accurate that's our job to do that that's a challenge Right. And I respect the people who do it. And that's part of the reason why I want to grow as a journalist myself, because I want to learn how to be a better writer that way, you know, uh -huh. or like, and, go ahead. No, I was going to ask it like, and, and I'm biased at the same time, because you have your own emotions. I mean, you're human, you know? And so, and so let me ask you this. Do you choose like what kind of news you, obviously you choose them, right? Or 
Can you choose them? I guess is that the question? Uh, yeah, if you're independent, I mean, you can choose what you want. If you're a freelancer, you can choose what you want. But most yeah. of the time, I mean, as far as I know, you get you get assigned stories. Uh, okay. Uh, the place that I worked at, the internship I worked at uh, for my beginning of my journalist career, and uh, after I graduated in 2019, I was assigned stories. I never really, uh, I only got the choice of basically like one story, like one okay. big project for my internship that I wanted to do, whatever I wanted. Um, and occasionally if something really speaks to you, you can definitely go in and be like, Hey, I saw this event. Uh, I want to do, I want to cover this, this, and this, I would okay. love to do that. But other times your producer or your boss or your editor-in-chief is going to go in and be like, hey, you got this story due, you got this story due, why don't you go there and talk to this? But that was my experience. I can't speak for any other journalists. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've seen, I've, I've heard that they like give you stories or that it, obviously if you're a freelancer, kind of like, have you seen like Nightcrawler? Obviously yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, very like, I didn't know that that's how the, like, if you've never seen that movie, Nightcrawler is an amazing movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, freaking an awesome um, actor. I I haven't seen it, unfortunately. I'm not. You have it. not? No way. I've been wanting to see it, but I, I keep thinking of Nightcrawler from X-Men and I keep <laughs> forgetting that that's not the movie. And I'm like, no, I need to see it because it's about a freaking freelance journalist. In a oh movie. man, it's such a good movie, man. I'm not going to spoil anything. And it just basically, it does, it, it does everything that you, like what the behind the scenes of a journalist, basically, which you already know, but it goes oh, in yeah, a really dark it, <laughs> way. It exaggerates because it's a course. It's a movie. But like, yeah. Yeah. But I, it is kind of like what that's like. I One thing that I'm sure that anybody on the field can relate to, I mean, uh, at, at least at the start, is that sense of nervousness of, mm. of, being, of asking random people off the street, hey, can I get your opinion on something? Or, you know, it's like, you know, because you don't, you kind of feel like, at least for me, I feel like I'm intruding on somebody. And yeah uh, that's not i'm just doing my job you just gotta right. accept that you're doing your job and and part of the reason part of the way i fight that is through confidence to to oh, understand wow. it's like this is my job it i you can tell me to fuck off you can tell me no thank you i'll have to take it because that's my job and mm -hmm. you have to be confident you can't just be like excuse me because uh, you kind of come off as even creepier that way and i don't right. know I just, you have to come out as excuse me how's it going yeah uh, you know, it's like, I'm Andres Aguilar from My Point TV. Uh, can I ask you a few questions, uh, you know, and just be be friendly, be a, but but be confident in yourself. You're there because, of course, you're supposed to be there. Mm. That's that's a big lesson that I had to learn is like act like you're supposed to be there. Of course, I'm supposed to be at right here at this bar at 1 a.m. trying to get footage of B-roll bartender, you know, or like. <laughs> Of course, I'm supposed to be here at the Superdome, or uh, of course, or or at a park, or at a fair, or whatever. You know, like covering covering the news. You so there's there is a science almost to it, to like acting like that, so that people almost respond in a certain way, I guess. Or, or is it more for you, I guess, or it's more more for, for yourself, really? Okay, you have to you have to kind of. <laughs> you kind of have to protect yourself, but also kind of have a mutual understanding with the with the public really right like you're there for a job and you don't have to talk to me at all you just say i know thank you i'm not interested or you know whatever 
don't attack me. <laughs> I'm not, don't, gonna, yeah, obviously, but you have to be there. If you have to, let's say like, I need to get word from people downtown and mm-hmm. I need to get their opinion on an upcoming election. I have to be there downtown. I have to be there where the, where a lot of people gather or where, you know, in general, I have to be in public asking the public questions and who's mm-hmm. ever interested. I have to mm-hmm. be prepared to what kind of lunat- lunatics could potentially come to the to the freaking camera. And obviously, yeah. as a reporter, depending on how crazy it can be, I'm yeah. not going to sit there and give them the airtime. Right, but right. I am going to listen to what the public has to say if they allow me to. And that's the thing. Mm. You have to be confident. You have to show up. You have to be well-dressed. You have to look sharp. And just smile. Be friendly. Yeah. Just get it over with. If you have that anxiety, just don't think about it. Get it over with. Once you're done, once you ask that first person and they actually respond, it's like, yeah. And you go through the questions and you say, thank you so much. Have a great day. And you move on. That's when the ball gets rolling. You see mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, That's I see that. Gets rolling. That's when you can know you can do this. And for a while, that was me. Every story, every story, everyone mm-hmm. that I did for my point TV, I was alone. Even mm-hmm. when... Even when I was at the USA Today, even when I was shadowing, um, when I was shadowing a journalist who mm-hmm. they were amazing, great people, I always mm-hmm. felt intimidated. I always felt that sense of nervousness because I know that I had to do my job. I had to face people. I had to be that kind of bothersome guy yeah. um, for the news so that people can get informed. And that's why I loved covering soft news, like, you know. Uh-huh. A Thanksgiving uh, giveaway or like a park or like a fair. But when I had to cover hard news, like the hostage situation or uh, at the synagogue or you've had uh, to, you had to cover that. Yeah, I had to, I had to, I didn't cover the, uh, the hostage situation day. I covered the next day. Okay. I went to, uh, I went to the uh, memorial and I had, we had to wait for the pastor to come out. Uh, we waited for like two hours and the pastor would just come out and just say, thank you so much for waiting. I know how hard it is for y'all's job, but thank you. And that's it. And he left. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was like, it was like an eerie kind of feeling being there or was it just like, what did it feel like? I mean, obviously um, it was a, it was a weird moment, but obviously I felt more sympathy and like more, I was I was actually listening to the memorial service. Uh, I know a lot of people were mainly because they were waiting on the right. pastor, but um, or on the uh, not pastor. I keep calling the pastor on the on the rabbi. A rabbi, yeah. Okay, okay. That, okay. Guys, rabbi. <laughs> no, it's cool. <laughs> well, not me. But yeah, sorry, <laughs> rabbi. <laughs> I mean, we were I'm saying it's okay that <laughs> we were waiting for the rabbi to <laughs> finish his service, but uh, I was, uh, I was it was a surreal moment to be there, you know, because as intimidating as press releases can be, there's no tighter group that I've seen because all journalists that are journalists that are in there will help each other out. As far as I know, that's my, but yeah, most journalists will help each other because we're all in the same struggle. We know what that's like, that anxiety, that just that, that, you know, that sense of urgency also, mm-hmm. that sense that you have to do your job, you have to be fast, you have to cover right. things quickly, you have to make sure everything goes right. There's so many things that could go wrong and 
you know, and then, and, and this is only in basically small scale news in my, in my account. I mean, I'm not yeah. going to start talking about, you know, big, bigger, bigger corporations and like bigger news stations with bigger markets and what they have to deal with that level of stress is, is, is insane. I believe that I've heard, I've heard so many stories from different people, from different journalists that really were so overwhelmed by, by the work that a lot of people would uh, take breaks or leave the stations and do more, do other things because one, they don't get paid enough. And two, broadcast journalism is on its way out, at least on television anyway, and being replaced with more faster online source. And that does mean job reduction for journalists. So how do you keep it like in this market? How would you adapt. keep it like huh? adapt. just yeah. adapt. as a journalist? You have to adapt, yeah. adapt, learn, learn. This is a hard truth, but you have to learn how to do three different jobs. Mm. One, you yeah. have to learn how to, how to, how to handle a camera, how to be an editor, how to be a reporter, how to write your own script and even how to distribute and produce it. Because if you have all those things in your arsenal and you work different freelance jobs here and there, different stations here and there, that's how you pick up your career. Now, in, in traditional routes of journalism, for example, in broadcasting, uh, I was taught that um, you start out in a market in some town, like not even mm -hmm. close to the 100 mark, like the top 100 news uh, news markets in the in the u.s you know okay uh you start out in some very very local area of the u.s some okay town, you know and that's okay that's part of it like right you know? and you learn you get it you get your first few years uh, as a as a reporter or as an anchor or as a camera assistant or editor you get your foot in the door doesn't matter how you get your mm -hmm. foot in the door mm -hmm. and you deal mm -hmm. with low salary, low payments, long hours, but you go through it. That's the angle of a journalist. You want to be passionate? That's it's take advantage of that. Damn, but that's crazy. You move on. Right. You get higher and higher. Eventually you get into bigger and bigger networks with bigger and bigger markets. And eventually that's how you get paid. That was a traditional route. That was a traditional route of journalism. Once you, a hard belief that once you made it, you were set. You once you grinded after 20, 30 years, you were going to be an anchor at CBS or at uh, ABC News or whatever, Fox mm -hmm. News for 20 years. That's not the case anymore. That's not the case at all. Uh, what is the case? The case now is just what? It's like so volatile. Really? <laughs> on television, yes. Dude, anchors, even on ESPN, you know, like, it, I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> even anchors in different stations, uh -huh. uh, their jobs are extremely volatile. Once right. their contract ends and they have no other job prospects or offers, you're done. Mm. You have to start somewhere. You maybe go down low and start your career again. A lot of people are not willing to do that after putting up for... 10, 20 years of their life working at lower markets, they usually are expected to stay in higher markets because, of course, you put your work in, right? Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. sometimes that's not how it goes. People like younger audience, people like younger hosts or more, uh, you know, or 
hipster, <laughs> more uh, more appealing yeah. to the markets or whatever, like the the young people right now, and like yeah. And most journalists don't know how to handle that. A lot of people don't know how to handle that. And I, my advice is to adapt. Mm -hmm. You know, pick pick your experience. Pick your experience. Um, get the most out of your experience as possible because that's what people are looking for. Nobody cares anymore. Not many people care anymore about degrees. They, yeah. really, they care about how many years or how many months, how many different companies have you done with this or have you done with this or have you done with this? Mm. Get as much experience, even if it's just freelance, even if it's just a little, little story here and there, if it's a copy here and there, if it's a print here and there, it's better than nothing. And that's right. stack you up on your resume. That's going to stack you up on different uh, new sites, and and they will see your passion. Uh, and, and that's how you kind of got moving up and stuff, and like yeah, got to yeah. go to now Austin, Texas. He was here in Dallas, and then freaking left us over here to go chase <laughs> his dream. <laughs> happy man, it's tough. But yeah. Yeah, I believe that, bro. I see that, bro. And and you got to work with some interesting people. I'm sure, like you said, that you were working with like some uh, people that had worked in other broadcasting, pretty big and uh, like news and stuff like that. And so you're getting to learn some from some awesome people. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I was gonna ask you, you know, about like kind of like a on uh, a downside with journalism. What has been like the craziest experience that you've had? Like, uh, yeah, obviously the Ted Cruz is pretty crazy. I mean, you talked about some pretty interesting ones already. I just want to see if there's anyone, another one that kind of pops to your mind. Um, one of the crazier ones was the, the one that I, um, I upset them. The, the then mayor president of Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, Joel <laughs> no. you didn't. He was, he wasn't happy. But, uh, <laughs> oh my wasn't God, happy. that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Basically, I had, this was my final semester in college, right? And I was covering politics. That was my, that was my. Uh, Forte or, or thing. Sorry. Yeah. That was my focus on for one of my classes, my TV production class. And that was the hardest class I ever took of anything in my life. But I, I will always love that class, but. Uh-huh. I had to talk to Mayor Robidoux about uh, his upcoming re-election campaign. He had been very quiet on whether or not he was going to go for re-election. And after about a week of me trying to get a hold of him, get a hold of his office, uh, get it, you know, try to get an interview set up with his campaign manager or with his secretary, uh, didn't work out. So one day this was the start of a festival that's really big in Lafayette called festival international. It's a uh -huh. big party. Essentially it's like the biggest party concert event of the year in doubt in, in Lafayette. Lafayette. Is that where like the new Orleans or the, that's where like the main street or whatever, the, the famous street, like Mardi Gras kind of thing or no, 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 no. Lafayette, Louisiana, the town of Lafayette. Lafayette. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, it's the, it's, the, it's the college town. Well, it's the town of Lafayette, Louisiana, where I. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And I had to interview the mayor of that town for his reelection, right? And okay. And during that during that festival international, during the start of it, City Hall likes to put a flag to to start the season, so to speak, like the week before to celebrate and everything to hype up. And Mayor Robodeau was there, so. I go, I cover the event, 
And, you know, he asked questions with a small press, me included. And, you know, the different people, uh, different journalists are asking him about the event and how he feels and everything and how excited he is. And I get the last question. <laughs> and okay. I, go, and I, I, I literally, I know he's, he, no one has asked him about his damn reelection. So I'm sitting there like, okay. Because you're not supposed to or what? Or I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why nobody was talking about it. So I was like, am I going to have to be the only? Okay, fine, fine. Mayor Robido, I have to ask you, are you, what are your thoughts about your upcoming reelection? Um, you know, during this time, I know we're celebrating. And he cuts me off and he goes, he goes, son, we're here to talk about the festival. <laughs> and he just like, just takes it off. You can visibly see how upset he is, and he basically just storms off. Like he doesn't obviously like would not like. Oh not, my god! He was like like immediately cuts me off, and and walks away. And I'm sitting there like <laughs> I get pats on the back from the. You got pats. I got pats on the back from different from the different reporters. They were like, "You did good, kid." <laughs> You're part of the pack now. <laughs> oh, God. I oh felt, my God. I felt so bad. I was like, did I? <laughs> That's like, is the ground going to swallow swallow me all right now? Oh, my God. Is the CIA is going to come get you or something? Or... <laughs> two days later, two uh -huh. days later, he drops out of the race. No way. Two days later, he drops out of the race. You know, it's like he just doesn't want to go for re-election. And I guess he didn't want to talk about it. And you asked him that question. <laughs> I asked him that question. <laughs> oh, my God. That is amazing. If anybody ever asks if you can't have influence, yes, you can. Because <laughs> that is freaking cool. Exactly. Yeah, no. Um, that's one of the funnier ones. That That one was... One of the first times that I really felt like a journalist, like an actual, like, I can actually do this. <laughs> like, well, I mean, dude, I bet you, like, some people that we probably see around, I don't know where, in Lafayette, like, some famous people, like, they patted you on the back or, like, some sort of reporter that's, like, all these ABCs, one of those patted you on the back, basically saying, good wish, job. Man, I wish. <laughs> but, hey, it's all part of the process, right? You know, I ended up, oh. uh, even in that same year, about a, about a, a month later... No, no. Yeah, yeah. About a month later, I just gotten back from Disney World uh, from Mardi Gras break, and I had to do a big story. I had to do a a. a uh, it was a final one of the final projects too, and I had to interview the Lieutenant Governor of Louisiana. Um, what was his name? I blanking out on me. Billy Nun. Literally, Billy Nun. Yes, Lieutenant Governor. Wow. Okay. Billy Nungesser, that's right. And he was up for re-election as well in 2019, early 2019. And basically, literally the day after I got off uh, the plane back home in, Louis in Louisiana and Lafayette, I immediately basically called the campaign manager. And I was like, hey, I would love to set up a quick interview um, and... Uh, where are y'all going or where y'all um, where y'all currently headed and they told me hey we're gonna be at the natural or we're gonna be at a museum in 
in New Orleans. Can you meet us there around 3.30? I'm like, yeah, okay, I can do that. And it was like 11 o'clock in the morning at that time. So I was like, I had to drive uh-huh. three hours to make it there. Oh, uh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, two to three hours. Uh-huh. And I bolt. It was rainy. And literally 15 minutes before I get there, 15 minutes. I'm in New Orleans. I finally made it after all the traffic. I'm stressed. I got to do this. If not, I fail and I won't graduate at all. <laughs> oh, shit. It was, it was like that. <laughs> it was like, this wasn't a final final project, but this was one of the last projects. And I, okay. I, needed, to, okay. I needed to do it. And okay. uh, the campaign manager calls me and she goes, uh, actually, we're going to go ahead and head to the Superdome a little early. Uh, can you meet us at the Superdome in New Orleans? And, we're like, and I was like, coincidentally, where I was in traffic, the Superdome was only five minutes away. So I was oh, like, wow. okay. miracle. I was like, miracle. Yes. Yeah, I can totally do that. Somehow I get off on Canal Street and like, which is a busy, busy street in downtown New Orleans. And I find a parking spot in the side, like next to a park where like, I don't even know. <laughs> it was all in a blur. I was such in a hurry. I park. I don't even pay for the parking ticket or anything. I just grab my stuff and I start running, running like three blocks away, full speed. I don't even know where I parked. I close the door. I get there and I get to the entrance of the Superdome and I beat the lieutenant governor. I made it on time, and I get to get a one-on-one with the lieutenant governor. Oh no yeah. way, Billy! A one-on-one uh, exclusive yeah, parking lot, basically at the entrance to the Superdome. It was a very nice. He was a very professional guy. I'm sitting there, literally like, <gasps> okay, what? <laughs> no <laughs> way. <sighs> And he's like, take a second, son. Oh my God, I cannot believe this. <laughs> take a second. And I and he, I asked him about his campaign and then mostly about his um, what are his thoughts, what are what he's currently doing there, and uh, what are his thoughts about the governor as well. And you know, and but overall, that really was that was the story that that got my shit together, essentially. That's the one that really was like afterwards. I was like, I was, I will never forget the feeling of walking. Really? I will never forget that feeling of walking back after everything. After that, after that, after I get that interview, it was only five minutes. It was very quick because you had to go. I will never forget that sense of pride that you get where you're just like, I just got an interview. I got my shit together. Really? I went from Lafayette this morning. Like, that's you freaking know, awesome, dude. Uh, with all my depression and everything to actually yeah, yeah. get do that. And that really inspired me to, to pursue journalism slowly but surely. I was still not fully committed to it, but that really woke me up. That's a W in journalism, I'd call it, man. That is a high, I mean, that is a high level person, dude. That is not, I mean, he's in charge of what, military, right? Well, no, Lieutenant Governor. He's Le- basically. Lieutenant Governor, sorry. Uh, He's uh, he's basically the, uh, the vice president, like the second in command. Okay, there you go. There goes my ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy, man. No, but Dude, like, that's it, 
it is what it is, man. I, I love what I do. I, um, I'm really thankful for my teachers over there in UL, especially uh, the teacher from that class in particular, Miss Bartholomew, Mrs. Bartholomew. Mm -hmm. um, I, she was the one who pushed us, all of us in that class to go beyond what we could do. Uh, that how, was, did, how did she do that though? Like, it's, I mean, it's kind of, I've found some good teachers. There's like far few in between, man. Right. And especially in colleges now, you know, everybody just kind of looking out for themselves, their own research and stuff. But someone that actually cares, especially that you like, because you're a critic. You're a critic. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's here's the thing, you know, like she she uh, was extremely strict and she mm -hmm. was very disciplined. She took no excuses. Very, very rigid, high standards. And you, if you either matched it or you didn't that's there's no no in between right and at first everyone for obviously everyone can be like oh my god it's way too much especially for my last class all i want to do is graduate and just start my life right but if you actually push yourself you actually go through it you, you just see what she has to offer see and she will respond in kind she will respect you my teacher respected me at the end despite me being quite troublesome. <laughs> quite. <laughs> uh, wasn't, I love it. Wasn't the model student. Not even close, okay? It wasn't even close. But I finished. I That's finished. awesome, bro. I, and, and I graduated, and I couldn't be more thankful to her because she really brought out my work ethic in ways that I could ever imagine. Really? She pushed you, huh, as you said. She did. She did. A lot of teachers cool. would push me, but she really was the one who like, get your shit together, man. What? Yeah. What is that with like teachers, man? Like there's some teachers that I just remember that I'm just like, dude, like the, like right now, uh, one of my biggest ones, uh, is Paul Jessen. I still remember him from Colin college. He, he was my business speech class. Wow. And of course I loved it, you know? And, uh, it, and I was just kind of starting to, you know, kind of get that, but what is it about teachers, man? Like, Usually, you just oh, sorry. No, no, yeah, that, go, yeah, you're good. Um, for me, at least specifically, with my experience with teachers, is that the hardest ones or the ones that I fail are the ones I learn the most from. No lie, because say that again. The ones that you, the ones the that ones, you, yeah, the ones that fail me or the uh -huh. ones that are like the hardest ones are the ones I most remember or learn from. Really? I've learned more, yes. I learned more about writing in that class and like the harder classes than the ones that I would uh, just ace because, or like just do well in. And I feel like that's because you just go through the motions. I mean, all, all going to school is, if you really want to just simplify it is following directions, right? Learn to follow right. the best directions and you get a grade for it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the ones so it's just rigid, good. like it's, yeah. it's good. It's a good training wheels kind of thing. Or yeah, I mean, it's a syllabus. It's standardized. Right. It's supposed to right. be one size fits most. So that right. they push you out to the working world. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point. But the mm -hmm. ones that kind of, push you into a little more than what you're used to or the ones that are a lot harsher than you think they are you know there's like hey 
I could easily go to this other teacher and pass the class, or you could actually, you know, challenge mm-hmm. yourself a little bit and, and really push uh, the limits of what you can do and what you can gain, even if that mm-hmm. means that's like uncomfortable or stressful or anything like that. So you like, so you learn to like the stress. You like, you learn to like the the negative, I guess, of it. Yeah, yeah, in a way. I mean, in a way, yeah. Sorry, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sitting here and telling you know, saying, be a masochist or like, you gotta, <laughs> right. you gotta really grind. No, no. <laughs> it's about like for me, it's like I learned more about journalism through failing mm. because I would know how not to be. You know what I mean? So those failures stick with you so that you don't do them again. You you said something that literally like my mentors and a bunch of smart people say, like you basically learn from your failures and you don't take them as failures. It almost sounds like, or yeah, no, it's you like you're comfortable with it. And so, so the people that are not like that, what the heck, what, what, what goes through your mind? Like whenever you said like you like the failure. I don't know how you said it, but you like that. Well, it's like you. It, it's not about failing, right? It's about learning to, to learn. It, it's about learning from your failures and not be afraid to fail. It's not about. It's not. It, if you fail, you fail. Like that's. Mm-hmm. It's part of it. You mm-hmm. can't get better if you don't fail. That's just a fact. You can't right. get better as whatever you're doing if you don't learn how to handle failure. Because most people look at it as that sucks something bad happened to me but it sounds like you're saying holy crap i know we're not that's what you said i know we're not to go yeah like I know what how, why is do. what is it what yeah what right. does that mean so what know, is, uh, for example if i fail at an article right i know how not to write an article now now i can do it better now i know hey uh don't bury the lead uh don't be so overdramatic in this one thing. You're reporting about the objective facts. Bam. Mm-hmm. Then, but if you're acing them all the time, then more than likely you assume that what you're doing is correct and you don't grow from it. Correct. You've developed patterns. And while one person may like your standard or your, like one teacher may be like, all right, you're doing great. Your writing is fine. Just A, 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 A all across the board. Eventually, you're going to be challenged. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. people who do well in the professional world uh, are the best at adapting to those challenges. Adapting. Because if and and because if you're used to winning all the time, or if you're used to doing things from the bare minimum, which mm-hmm. I was for a long time, like doing the bare minimum for a long time, I would not only reap what I sowed. I would I would essentially be punished and reminded, hey, this is as far as you can go based on the effort you get. Holy shit, that's deep. <laughs> nah, man. I mean, no, 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 this is good. I mean, this is really good, bro. Like this, like it makes sense. It makes total sense what you're saying. Because if uh, – and that's one of the things that I run in with like a lot of people that I meet and stuff like that because um, – and shoot that's why i'm here that's why i like hanging out this is why i like talking to you because you understand that and not many people do you know it's like they if you if kind of if you keep doing the syllabus thing at some point it's not gonna work kind of thing yeah you know and but, you have to learn to grow with the times and that's why i always say i mean i uh, i always tell people you know if you can't get what you want right now find a way to get there 
Shit. Find a way to get there. Right, whether it be through luck, networking, hard work, do whatever you need to do. Do not put any pressure on yourself at all. Just just let go. Let go of the pressure and learn to be confident in yourself. Learn to 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 understand failure and grow from that failure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you you know, yeah. it slowly builds up. It slowly builds up. You know, it's day no by kidding. day type of thing. You know, and we had a conversation even the other day. Like, not to get too personal, but like, uh, it was about you know coming in at we each other. I mean, because we knew each other from Honduras, and then I didn't see you for like I don't know how many years, and then uh, now kind of reconnected again. And it was at really interesting times, and uh, you know, dealing with you know the ups and downs of human beings. We all go through that crap, you know, and. Uh, you know, I had them too, you know, and it's crazy that you came in and uh, now, in the, you know, this podcast, <clears throat> and I want to say it on the microphone too, uh, for everybody to hear, like Andres Aguilar is one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is because he inspired me to, uh, you know, get on and not be scared. I saw his stories and everything. And, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not, it was, it wasn't more of like, you know, he can do it. I can, it was more of like, holy crap i like what he's doing and dude you i mean you kill it out there man you really do uh what is the web what is your website so that people can the people listening to can go see your stuff definitely uh my uh the stories i publish are on mypoint.tv they're on a local news site basically we're trying to be a uh uh, a YouTube for news type of thing where uh, independent journalists can come in and create their own stories and get their own traction. See, that's really cool. Whenever you first told me about that, that's super interesting. How did you find that? I'm not going to lie. When it, in the beginning, um, I was very skeptical about it. I was like, who is this? My point TV? Okay. Um, but I gave it a shot. And you know what? Like, they're actually. They're very nice. They're they're extremely professional company. Uh, they really treat their contributors with respect. There was actually, incredibly, I had just just a week ago, there was a there was a premiere of a documentary called uh, Izzy Cox fighting fighting with the devil or fighting uh-huh. what was it? Uh, Izzy Cox fighting with the devil. That's right. Uh-huh. And it was a documentary about a local musician here in Austin, and mm-hmm. one of the contributors. One of the top contributors from My Point TV was the director. They sponsored him. The My Point TV sponsored him to do the documentary for. Him. Holy shit! So the fact that they did that to, to like they had that much faith in the director, and I know the guy. He's an amazing person. He is a very passionate creator, and his his uh, documentary was. <clears throat> I, I hopefully they're they're working on on getting copies for everybody so we i'll show it to you one day when it's when it's oh it's not even out yet it's not it's it was premiered it was premiered at a at a local um uh it was premiered at a local theater here in austin okay 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 i got you uh it was incredible it was uh one of the more interesting type of uh music uh musical documentaries that i've ever seen but the fact that my point tv Mm-hmm. Um, was the sponsors one of the biggest sponsors for that? That's crazy. Uh, made me made me really happy because it shows that they have faith in their creator. <laughs> they have faith on the content creators that they have. And I can't wait to see uh, to see more of them. You know, 
I love that. Yeah, because I always look at a. I always love whenever you share me your stories and stuff like that. And it's like you know, my point. This is Andres. How does it go? What's your? Uh, Aguilar from My Point TV. And that's how I start. Oh, I love that man. <laughs> so uh, familiar. Yeah, and I love it. Yeah, it's it's catchy. TV, I'm Andres Aguilar. That's how I see it. That's all. That's how. I, there you go. That's it. That's that's <laughs> always been the thing. That's the catchphrase. Did you come up with that, or is that like? No, no. They gave me. They told me a long time ago. It's like make sure you say that every time. It's like, oh, that's like, cool. That's really cool. I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it sounds. It, it, I mean, whenever you say it, it's like I like light up. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just like, that's cool. I know him. <laughs> He's doing news. I know him. <laughs> oh, that's funny, I love man. your podcast, man. You don't have to thank me. I knew that. I've always pictured you. As a podcast host, or some sort of radio host, you always had that personality. You always had oh, that dude. like larger than life personality, man. And I'm glad that you're finally bringing it to to life. It, it really, I mean, all of the, I, I'm honestly every every time I'm going into a podcast, I'm bloody scared. Like I'm just like completely terrified, and even like until like halfway through, I'm like, okay, this is good. Like. <laughs> But I mean, more than anything, I, I this is why I wanted to invite you because you're so you know, obviously family and, uh, you know, we are, I mean, I, you're the one that taught me about, I was asking you the other day at the party that we were at, um, you know, stuff about the podcast and stuff that I'm doing and man, it's, you know, getting on guests and everything and staying on the ball and stuff like that, all this, you know, it's. For you, let me, let me turn it around. Yeah. My old journalistic, uh, itch uh-huh. scratch and scratch. Yeah, of course, of course. What Please has do. been what has been the biggest challenge for your podcast personally? I want to keep it fun. And and interesting. So I'm finding it now more difficult like okay, who do I bring on cuz I want variety. Like I want like, you know, uh from like right now like alaska journalists i want people from at some point from africa from europe or something like that you know so it's like i i've been hitting up people and you know some reply some don't and you know it's just it's kind of like a toss in the air and i don't want to be like too pushy you know either because i'm not trying to be like too salesy because this is like fun thing so it's been a man it's been a ride, but it's been fun most of the time. Like people that I've been like interviewing have been like, you know, people that I've known uh, for a minute now, you know, comfortable with and stuff like that. And uh, luckily they've all been extreme professionals, kind of like yourself, you know, so it's really nice to be able to associate myself with people like you, you know, and people like, you know, Likewise, for, yeah, <laughs> again, this is why, this, this is why this is happening, you know, cause it's been my, most of my, uh, like I like talking to people. I like connecting with people. That's really why. I feel you. I feel you. And, yeah. Uh, hopefully, you know, I get to expand on more things. You know, I I, I don't just want to be a journalist. I I, I want to do something like a. Um, I I want to do more more types of uh, media. You know, it's like mm-hmm. my own YouTube show, documentaries. Maybe even movies in the in the next 10, 20 years, you know. No kidding, huh? Because that's where it goes. <laughs> you, know, you, you try to evolve. You try to push what you want out of life. You know, you you want to go into camera. Well, what are the ways that you can go into camera? What are the best ways? Right. You know, 
that's the beauty of media. To me, that was the thing that captured me. You know, it's like I had so many dreams. It's so many dreams, right? Like, mm-hmm. you ever had that? Is like you, you, one day or maybe one year you want to be an astronaut, another year you want to yeah. be a fireman, another year you want totally. to be like It's like, yeah. I didn't know where to start for me. I didn't know. I had no idea. I was like, because I knew that the second that I picked the thing, I was going to have to sacrifice a lot of other things. Uh-huh. I didn't want to do that. I really didn't want to do that. Yeah. And I found out that media in like, especially in broadcasting and media, you could do a lot of things, especially learning through communication, learning the best ways to talk to people, be more sociable, can land you a lot of different positions. Mm -hmm. Also, learning how to do camera editing or camera work can lead you to go into sports broadcasting or just photography or just like, you know, or just like uh, editing or just, you know, or if you want to be in front of the camera, behind a camera, if you want to go even into acting in some way, shape or form, you can. Mm-hmm. You, know, you want to put your foot in the door as a production assistant and then get an acting coach and learn yeah, to doing it. You learn to become a lot more adaptable because if you just are so single minded and mm-hmm. I, I can either be the star actress or the star actor, or the star quarterback, Not, yeah. nothing. Good luck. But if you say to yourself, that's the millennial mindset for sure. Well, if you really want to be the star of the movie, make your own uh-huh. movie. But you can't just make yourself the star quarterback of a make-believe. Yeah, 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 it's true. But if you want to say, I want to be in the NFL, I want to be a foot, I want to be in football, I want to do what I can mm-hmm. to do to do my part to help grow the the thing I love. Mm-hmm. Find your own unique route. Be inspired. Be inspired, but do it on your own way. It's all about right. setting your own momentum so that you can keep going. You know. Yeah, I feel that. That's mostly how I do it. I'm, I'm super happy about it. I couldn't be prouder with how I've lived, you know, all the experiences, all the work that I've done. Yeah. Um, even outside of even outside of media, even outside of uh, journalism, I've done. I did work in ads. You know, I, I worked in ads for nine months, knowing barely anything about ads. <laughs> it's like they That's gave, awesome. you know, when people were gave me a shot. I only had journalistic experience. I had no idea how to make graphics. I had no idea how to make uh-huh. proper YouTube videos or anything like that. Or yeah. They taught me. And yeah. I grew out of that. I, I grew into more into evolving my journalism that way too, you know, make it more, right. make it easily digestible or make it better or make my editing better. You know, and that's what it is. You know, take advantage of what you can right now and then grow. I feel that, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I love that. I love that mindset. It's a, it's a, it's like a hustle mindset almost, but like in the best way possible. Yeah, I, I am personally, I, I do have to say, you know, as as, as much as uh, this is coming from a workaholic, right? <laughs> and so it's probably a little hypocritical. I will, I don't like the grind mentality. I don't. Uh huh. Uh huh. I think that, yeah, because you corrected yourself even earlier. You were like, "Oh, grind, grind, grind." Like you kind of like. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be inconsistent. I do believe in adaptability. Find your own unique route. 
But uh -huh. I always, and I said this earlier, do not, uh -huh. I do not like the grind set or I do not like putting pressure on yourself. Uh -huh. We all do that. We all want to be the next level. We all want to uh -huh. be better. We all want to live happier lives. But a lot of people are that, to a lot of people, that means grind, grind, grind. What are you grinding? What you? What are you grinding? Are you going to grind a, a, a marketing company? Yeah. <laughs> like hours a day like you're gonna you're gonna you're really gonna grind on that farming job dude like really you're grind that extra 50 cents every day you know like no like what does that mean i've always hated that i've always hated those uh -huh. those entrepreneurs that were like yes. you just gotta grind for like seven years and then eventually just open up a surf shop in maui or whatever the fuck at some point that was me and i'm ashamed of it now <laughs> dude, i feel that i was <laughs> you're good i love that idea because i was a workaholic i love the idea right. but it always the the thing i don't like about it is that it always yeah. makes you feel like you're not good enough that's true no matter what you're like, definitely oh i've gotten away from it too definitely i feel that and two you're you're kind of tunneling yourself into this you're limiting yourself when you when when you don't put so much stress on your life and you really focus on your mental health and you really focus on what you want to do that drive by itself is going to mean more to anybody than being forced to grind mm -hmm. everybody knows that when you work a job you hate mm -hmm. uh, it, it it's it time goes slower you hate it 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 just burns you out so much more mm -hmm. but when you try to find a job you love you know you don't feel it it, it makes it, it, it when you work the job you love mm -hmm. time flies and oh that's what you're saying okay days go, go yeah. fly by you don't feel the energy you don't feel how much you've worked in fact that's true that is even that is a danger when you find the job you love you have to be careful that to too not much heart work, to to not over oh. to not put oh yeah um into it because you'll burn yourself out and it turn it'll turn into the job you hate and you don't want that and also there's also that pressure of keeping up with the job you love right because there's colleagues around you and mm -hmm. you want to make sure that your job is secure and everything that's always a natural fear but if you have a balance if you have a balance you don't put so much pressure on yourself you remind yourself that say hey this is only what you want to do now if you ever mm -hmm. want to change and you have you the can so most people don't think like that though cuz it's like I'm or they think in terms of commitment or in terms of like marrying something that they're doing when in it's but then no, that I'm goes into like I'm uh -huh. single man I don't have kids I don't have right. I don't have a wife to worry about um I can say all these things knowing that I don't have like extreme responsibilities so I know right. I'm very well aware that not everyone can have this mentality and i'm not gonna sit here no no no. but i love it i mean it's so healthy <laughs> no no i appreciate that no but i i i agree like but to me is like i understand that not everyone can be that way i understand uh -huh. it's like uh -huh. there's, everyone has their own life and their own struggles and we all mm -hmm. seem to find that one answer that one size fits most answer mm -hmm. if you grind hard enough you can do it. That's not. The case. That's not. That's true. At all. 
Yeah, because you could be grinding at the wrong thing and exactly. be digging Art the wrong hole. About it's uh-huh. more, if 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 those people, I'm not going to say names, but if if those motivational speakers actually get specific for once, that's what. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> actually. When, when it, whenever you're talking about grinding or, or working your ass off, working at what, dude? What? Tell me. Tell me. Point to oh. me what I need to work at, and I promise you, I'll shut the fuck up and do that. And I'll, I'll invite you to my surf shop. I'll invite you. I'll give you my personal, my first ever uh, surfboard built by me when I retire in nine years. All right. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Oh my god! That and you know what's funny because I I I feel the same way about that because I am I am more elusive now I guess you'd call that more flowy more because uh, I used to be that mindset man it's just all about grind 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 and stuff and I was just like man I am worn out dude you lose <laughs> yourself man you lose what you want you, you you don't even know what you even want anymore you're just like I just want to relax I don't yeah. even do anything. But then you're made to feel bad about that. You're made to feel bad about liking stupid shit. It's like, dude, yeah. who are you to judge? I like, I like That's to watch true. TV every now and again or watch YouTube channels all the time. That doesn't mean that I work any less harder than anybody else. That's true. You know I mean? So it's like to anybody yeah. who, to me, to anybody looking to grind, just focus on, like, ask yourself, what are you grinding on? Mm-hmm. What are you running on? What, you want to be mm-hmm. a better people person? Learn to network mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. Go out. Be awkward mm-hmm. and learn to be less awkward over time. Stop uh-huh. in repetition. You want to grind on learning better math or learning more ways of reporting or more ways of doing business? That's on you. But don't put so much pressure on yourself. Like, ask yourself, what are you grinding about? That is true, man. You know, what are you grinding on? And if you have a good reason, I'm not going to stop you. Go for it. Yeah. Figure yeah. that out. Because <laughs> you even said it. You said, I'll shut the fuck up if you can tell me what you're <laughs> grinding on. <laughs> you tell me right now, hey, I'm grinding on actually networking. Maybe I could do more events and maybe I can focus on grinding on networking. Maybe for uh-huh. months, right? Building up my, my clientele and then the next few months i'll be grinding on sales mm-hmm. that's a great plan right there that's Hell a great yeah. plan right there but don't nice. don't forget it's like if if a day goes wrong don't blame it on yourself have a yeah. drink there's a new one yeah. coming up tomorrow hopefully <laughs> you know yeah. most most of the time yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like hell yeah it's like if things go wrong or if things go right it's all about how you handle it and and mm-hmm. If, if you're grinding and if you're, and I talked to, for example, uh, Bruce Jones from Bruce Jones Productions, I, I produced their podcast. Oh, no shit. Okay. Um, oh, great, great. Hey, you produce podcasts and you actually like this one? Yeah. Fuck yes. I know. I, you guys heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Andres Aguilar approves. He's a critic. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it pre recorded like this, or like usually. Uh, you know, I set up two cameras there in front talking with their mics and everything. And I, I edited and everything. And he even, Bruce Jones, he's a self-made, you know, he's a business owner. He, he, he works at a, a music recording and everything. Mm-hmm. Even he told me and that 
it took years. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of mm-hmm. ways to innovate and ways to grind to not give up on yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But eventually the work pays off, you know, like eventually, you know, he's not, he's still in that trying to build it up himself type of thing, but he's but obviously in a, a more advanced. <laughs> yeah, he's eight years in, he's got all, yeah. his, he's got all his paperwork and everything. He's got his, studio, right. he's got his, uh, oh, he's chilling. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> I, you know, he's chilling, but like he's yeah. he's uh, still growing as a business. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. but he even tells me, I was like, yeah, like it is about grinding, but it also is about not giving up on yourself. Don't put too much pressure because there's mm-hmm. so many days that he wants to give up. That he just just man, fuck, I'll just put I just work a side job or like a full time. Mm-hmm. I'll just do this in my spare time. You can't do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, right now I just got back from my new job. Now you're talking about like being good at jobs and stuff. Like, I just got back, you know, I'm doing this now. And so, how is that, man? Bro, it's crazy cool. Like, it's, it's, it's good. I like the people around me. And it's also connecting me with like our culture, which is crazy. So, it's, it's nice. like trifecta. And I mean, they're paying me for it which is really cool. And I get to talk to people and be nice. You know, what's crazy. I keep saying this even at work because I've been sales my whole life. Right. Like for like 10 years, 10 plus years at this point, there's not a thing that I didn't do in the past 10 years, 10 years, bro. That I, that was not geared towards sales, nothing. And now I have a job that's more of like administrative. It's for those listening. It's a, it's, I work at the Guatemalan consulate. And it's really, it's interesting because I get to see and hear a bunch of really crazy stories, cool stories and all that stuff. But um, uh, what was I going to say? Forgot what I was going to say. Now you were, you were talking about, you were uh, working in the Guatemalan consulate and. Uh... Yes. Uh, so I, well, I was, the point is I was, I got that job or I'm working there and I really like it. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, I literally forgot what your question was, but. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I like asking. No, no, <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. No, go ahead. No, no, but, like, I, I feel that. No, well, what I was going to say is, is like, you know, how does it, how's the new job going for you? You know, like in that experience, especially going from sales to administrator. There you go. That's what I was saying. So, yeah, from sales to administrator, um, it's crazy because I like, and I keep telling the people at work. So I'm like talking to people. And then they're listening to me and I don't have to like convince them to do something. They already want to do it. Like it's, it's, it's just like transactional kind of thing. It's, it's very weird. Like I don't have to, I don't have to sell you anything. And that's for me, it's odd. So I'm like on the phone, sometimes I hang up and I'm like, oh, that's nice. But I like sales as well. I just wanted to do something that was just kind of away from that so I could, you know, build this and, you know, mark my other businesses, whatever it is that I'm doing insurance and books or whatever, you know? So, uh, yeah, it's been really freaking nice, man. It's been really nice. It's been calming. It's been obviously foundational, you know, like <clears throat> uh, regular money. Cause sales is like always a rocket roller coaster insurance. I mean, I wrote a book on my story with insurance and been crazy. I've been trying to build up since then, you know? So, um, it's been nice. It's been really nice, man. And I like the people working there. It's again, it's connecting. I'm literally going into another country, so I'm going to Guatemala there. And so it's it's I'm don't I'm, everything Spanish there, like nothing Sick. English. Like <laughs> the stories, bro. 
oh my god the stories man so i i I was trying to figure out i think i can a little bit like but uh, wait wait, did you sign an nda at all i signed an act so okay (laughs) and i don't know exactly what that means but it's basically saying like i can't really say anything specific Right, but like you can, about you can, it, but I can kind of, you know, kind of like doctors, like they can tell stories about their, yeah. you know, patients to like, you Change know, about well, you just can't, yeah, that crap. So, uh, I mean, I've seen anywhere from like, you know, people coming in that their husbands abused them. Like this is like the first like stuff that or the first place that they come to here in Dallas, Texas, to deportations, to people talking, you know, from prisons to, uh, I mean, it's some crazy stuff, man, some crazy stuff, That's but. It's and and we're and we're the people that they talk to for like help, right? So they're calling us, and I'm sitting here like, you know, okay. So there was a lady the other day that called and was saying about. She literally said, "This is the first time I had ever heard something like this." Uh, she's like, "My uh, my son just crossed the desert, and I don't know where he's at." They're talking about the Mexican desert crossing into the you know, to Texas, to United States illegally. And I'm just like, this is the first time they caught me off guard. And I'm just like, uh, what's the name of the person? And I just literally wrote it down a little piece of paper. Cause I had no idea what to do. <laughs> I put, I said, I said, hold on. Cause I, I'm, I, cause I know the phone system. So I'm like, okay, give me one second. We place you on a brief hold. I put on a hold. I'm just like, <laughs> I just like okay, yeah, that's okay. True. What do I do? <laughs> so um, I'm just like, and so I, I kind of, you know, I asked like the bosses and stuff like that. So, like, luckily we have like leadership there and everything. They're freaking amazing people. Like the best. Like this is one thing about working there. They ha- the best bosses I've ever met so far. <clears throat> one of the best bosses I've ever met. Like seriously, because. Yeah. In the sense of, I I like to see like uh, you know freaking you know chemistry between groups and stuff like that. How the leader acts, how the how the subordinates acts. I mean, it's, I've read a lot about it. You know, I'm a nerd for business and you know group management and all that stuff. <laughs> and this guy, uh, he's actually in the Dallas News. His name's Jorge Contreras. Uh, freaking awesome guy. Mm-hmm. Um, He's the head console. He's the head console guy. Dude, amazing person, bro. That's and one of and like just kind of lets the group kind of be and stuff like that. He's, he wants more of like the young, like uh, more advanced, adaptive, you know, people and stuff like that. But um, freaking, it's been nice. It's been nice. But crazy stories, man. I wish I could give more detail, but I can't. I, I like I'll get in trouble. But I, just to keep it interesting, yeah, I'm getting <laughs> right now. Hold on, I was like. The what? I'm getting the scoop now. It's like it turned around. So, uh, what about those stories? You know, yeah. <laughs> totally not. An Dude, so it, I, oh, here's something crazy that happened earlier. That's a that's to do with a journalist. Uh, while I was on the phones, they were interviewing, uh, like the vice consul over here about something that happened in. Uh, I can't remember what uh, city and stuff like that. It was just like uh, oh, some yeah, drama that I created. We're getting interviewed. Yes, one hundred percent. And they had to like defend, like you know, kind of to the public and stuff like that. So Uh-oh. it's, I mean, it's Uh-oh. a lot like that. And uh, right, it's it's very. I want to call. I, I even wrote this in my journal. It's very like in, 
like because people you tell someone like you work at the consulate it's like oh wow like you're at a consulate and stuff like that so it's very entitling i guess you can call it but it's very corporate also 100 percent. right 100 100 corporate 100 like vibe and everything the whole it's crazy so do you work in like a do you have your own desk or do you have like a cube? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got got my own little desk computer. I actually got pretty lucky because the place is fairly new. So um it's my own little desk. I I have literally the oh, I gotta send you the picture actually. Um it's like right there on the here, I'll send it to you right now so you can you can get your reaction. <laughs> Just kidding. Sure. But, uh, here you go. There you go. Like literally the Guatemalan flag and the US like vibrate each other. Like that's my background. See if you can get it. But uh yeah, it's sure. crazy. It's really cool there. Uh the people like we have like people calling in from I don't know, like all the states and stuff like that. We're like in charge of the north part of Dallas, like yeah. from Dallas up, like Amarillo, all that area. Oh um, shit. I, I got the picture. Okay. It's cool, right? <laughs> I, like it. I like both the flags right there. It's really Dude, cool. that color is so pretty. Like that, like the prettiest yeah. blue ever, and like the the flags look so cool. Okay, can I ask you something? Yes. You have have I? Okay, let me let me bring something real quick. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Like I bought. So I got the Honduran flag. Uh huh. Gift by my brother. Uh huh. Look at it. Look at it. It oh, that's it's crazy. It's so light blue. I'm only backwards. It is. It is. It is light blue. I can't. I can't really see with the. Yeah, I know. It's not great with the lighting, but. Uh huh. No, but I can tell that it's like more like more than just. The, the old Honda like was royal blue. It was a darker blue. <laughs> yeah. Am I like this? Yeah. No, no, no! You're right. It's a dark blue. It's that's not the blue that's supposed that's to be. Not the blue, and and, and that's like uh, that's like Arabic or something. <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's like clone, man. Lithuania. It's like they slowly say, like imagine, imagine like the red, white, and like imagine that color in like the in the American flag. Like it would be off. It would be uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. It's like it's been in the sun too long or something. Yeah. It's like it's been it's been washed too long. It's just like faded. I love it, man. It's like that uh, I was like, am I living in the Mandela effect? Like am I this whole time it was just like dark blue? I I literally just learned about the Mandela effect the other day too, by the way. That's so weird that you're bringing it up. Oh my gosh, it's so creepy. Like how we remember things and how they actually are. Like yeah. what? The one that freaked me out were the Berenstain Bears. Oh my God! Yes, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've definitely seen that. Weren't they like? They used to be called Berenstain, like uh, A I N or E I N, and a lot of people were were not really sure if they were Jewish or not. <laughs> oh, it's something like that. And then there were, was the big one. There was like like cornflakes or something like that or like uh, uh, fruit like, loops or it's like or something like yeah, that yeah it was like it was fruity loops or fruit loops uh-huh. or something like that uh-huh. like yeah were, that stuff people were always confused like they had that fake memory like what, it's weird the one where it's like people swore that the monopoly guy had a had a monocle when he never did wait no he did have one he did he did have one bro Oh my God, we're experiencing the Mandela effect 
as it is. Hold on. Hold on. God. Let's see. Yeah. Wait, wait. Oh, yeah, he did have a... Wait. He did, right? Okay. Uh, okay, in some versions he did, in some versions he doesn't. That's weird. Okay, in some versions... I definitely don't like that. So, okay, so I'm not... I don't like that. I don't like that either. They're fucking with us. <laughs> in one, he doesn't have it. And in the other ones, he does. And it's so weird. Oh, dude. What... It, and they, and it's called the do you know I can't remember exactly why it's called the Mandela effect. It's called the Mandela effect because it was pop. It was there was a popular theory that mm-hmm. um, that Nelson Mandela. Um, sorry. <laughs> no, you good. You good. <laughs> that Nelson Mandela was dead in the nineties or like in the early two thousands for for whatever reason. People were uh-huh. convinced that Nelson Mandela had been dead for a long time when he wasn't. <laughs> it was just he was where he was just in South Africa. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, people people were convinced that Nelson Mandela had been killed or dead for a long time. When oh my god, I in like 2012. When I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's recent. The early two thousand. Like yeah, it's like yeah, like this century, like this past, like yeah, something. 2013. Uh huh. He didn't die until 2013, so that's relatively recent. Absolutely, yeah, nine years. Yeah. It's like it's like kind of like when everyone thought Stan Lee had died before his death, like for a very long time. Who's Stan Lee? Dude, Stan Lee, the creator of Marvel. I, I, like, heard of who? The creator of Marvel, like the creator of Spider Man and all. Stan Lee, like yes, yes, of Stan course, I, of course, I know who Stan Lee is. He's like he does the cameos every movie. Yeah, exactly. Old guy. I thought that he had died even before the Marvel uni- cinematic universe was even a thing. People thought he's cr- an old guy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But that's funny. Yeah, no, the Mandela effect really freaked me out. People, people look into it too much. I personally just believe it's like. It's a mix of companies kind of fucking with us a little bit. Where like uh, that's what I think. That's what I think too. One iteration of like a very specific way of branding, and that that they never brought back, or they never think back, and it messes with our heads and messes yep. with our memory. I that because that that's the logical solution to no. That. Well, it it well you're not wrong that it exists. <laughs> That oh, right. exists. definitely exists. What freaks me out are deja vu's. I hate, hate why deja vu. I had one yesterday. I had one yesterday too. Because no way, no, no way, dude. I promise you. I promise you. Because they're very specific. I uh-huh. every now and again, uh-huh. I have these weird dreams where I picture. A very very specific scene. Me me watching BoJack Horseman when somebody walks in, or me being in the back room of a very specific seat in class when a very specific video is playing and a very specific dialogue is said. Like it's very and it's only for a few seconds, but then you wouldn't think about it for days, months, even years later, and it happens. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. That's that's it, it is. It, it, do you do you sometimes like remember it yes. like yourself? Like do you like you're, try you're to remember like, it? Oh, you're God. in the middle of it when you're in the right. middle, when you say something. They just yep yep. I've been here before. 
Yep. Shit. My inmates. Oh, that's that's a, the simulations and all that. It <laughs> makes me feel like I can. It's like, dude, it, it, can I just give me future powers? All right, stop teasing <laughs> me with with inconvenient specific memories. Just give me. The power totally, totally inconvenient. Like, just like makes no sense. Why it do I remember? No Why? <laughs> it's so specific. So somebody oh would say gosh. one thing, and I'm just like, "What'd you say?" I said hmm. that. I'm like, "God damn it!" I mean, it's a deja vu. I pictured this like six months ago. Oh my god, dude! So, yeah, that's happened to me. That's why I'm asking because that's definitely happened to me. Has it? That's okay. crazy. Okay, has it? Has it happened dude. more recently to you? Dude, 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 <laughs> dude. Yeah, it's happened okay. before. It's dude, happened more recently. Let, let me t- let me tell you one actually that it's just okay. It's totally okay. freaky. Like I literally, like the night before, it's like three, four weeks ago, or something like that. Maybe like a month ago. This is like right around where like I started the job or something like that. <laughs> I, excuse me, I. I started picturing like uh, like I went to bed and I just like started thinking of these like animals like like giraffe like zebra like everything like and then this, it was this like this just live like zebra that I could see like I was dreaming like straight up and I was just like oh that was a weird dream you know like I remembered like the fa- it was a lion it was like elephants it was a bunch of them like it was just like I could see their faces and it was just like super realistic and it was like they were looking at me straight on bro literally like two or like maybe like i think it was a day after bro like i went to burger king to go get a kid's meal like i've never gotten a kid's meal because i was just trying to save money and yeah. eat food fast and stuff like that dude i saw I, the kid's meal had that i had i even have it on my on my desk like on the on the archive thing like i opened the kid's meal thing it was a it was like a bendable like a folded paper kind of like this like real nice and stuff like that like nice laminate and bro what did i see the face of an elephant the face of a zebra the face of a lion oh the face my of a god bro i'm like what is going on here dude yeah. <laughs> oh dude I, and i and i and i is i was just i kept it i was just like Yo, this can't be real. I can't be making this shit up. Man. Like, <laughs> like, please forgive me out, bro. But I was just like, ah, oh, whatever. Like, <laughs> to me, dreams are the wild, like some of the wildest concepts in human mm-hmm. history. We don't even know. We barely even know. We don't it. understand it. Yeah, we don't at all. At all. And there was one that I will never forget. There was one. I love the dreams where your your mind. It's not a deja vu or a nightmare or anything. I love the mm-hmm. dreams that you that that you can remember. I love uh-huh. the dreams that that yeah. really allow your mind to process whatever you're going through in a mm-hmm. weirdest way that makes you remember. Right? Mm-hmm. Weirdest dream I have ever had still sticks with me to this day because it was it was like it had just been after a bunch of personal shit went down in early mm-hmm. 2020 and. I was dreaming that I had been 40 years or 20 years down the line. I was like 40. No way. And I was uh-huh. in this big mansion. I had owned this big ass house. I have made it. I even have an RV because I'd always wanted an RV parked, ready to go at any time, whenever I want. 
That's mm-hmm. what I wanted, right? But this was just after like everything that went down in my personal life. So like my uh, all my former friends and everything were there in my mm-hmm. celebrating my birthday, but it was in a weird way. It was mm-hmm. like um I was seeing which ones were my real friends and which ones weren't, and that led to a big old fight. And mm. I came out, I came out of the uh, out of the mansion being laughed at. I was like, I, it was about to turn into a nightmare. And I came out of the room, I, I came out of the mansion after the party. I'm a big fight. And I was like trying <laughs> to smoke a cigarette or something in my dream, and I didn't have pants on. I had a shirt, but I didn't have pants on. And I'm like, oh, no, that's even worse, right? Uh-huh. And I remembered, this is my property. I can walk pantsless if I want to. Right. Walk towards the RV. I remember, didn't worry about anything. And I will never forget, when I walked into that RV, it was like there was a couple there. I don't know their faces or anything, but it was a couple. Uh-huh. And one was you know, a man and a woman. And both of them were basically the same, like wearing a shirt, but pantsless and playing video games. And they were like, about time you come in, man. How you doing? Join us. And it was the most comforting feeling in the world. And like, it basically brought up a lot of like past yeah. trauma that kind of right, right, right. <clears throat> for that fight. And what I needed was an escape and kind of like a realization of who I am as a person. That's crazy. That that's cool. It's like the 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 dream. That's the dream that sticks with me every now and again. I love that, bro. Because it's like, and in, and I mean, it means so much to you. Because it's like you found you were able to like almost like change your mind about how you felt about the situation almost. Yeah, and then it. Or it therefore led you to like a better place. Yeah, and I woke up and I was like. Like, yeah, because like yeah. you know, like in most dreams, you don't remember much. You remember hints, but you don't remember. Right. Much. This is one of the few times where I was like, I was able to remember everything, everything that yeah. happened, every minute, every detail. That's crazy. I've had, I've had, yeah, I've had some dreams like that, but not like that lately. But that's cool. It's like you went, like you were able to like time travel or something. Like you were forty years old. Like, yeah, I was like retired. Basically, like what would have happened had I stayed with my life choices, essentially, uh-huh. and to see the people that I would be like imaginary age in front of me, basically. Uh huh. And yeah. when I got out, when I went into that RV. I was back into my twenties, right? Oh, that's oh crap. Okay, so I was back okay. in my twenties, and I was like, "What a crazy oh dream I just had!" I was living in a mansion. I was like, "Well, you're back in the RV. Come join us. Let's we're playing Smash Brothers. We're playing. We were playing Smash in my dream." Yeah. Right? Look. Oh my how god. Big of a Nintendo fan I am on that one. <laughs> I remember, dude. We had some fun times playing a Nintendo, dude. For sure, yeah. Mario. I think was it with you that we played Mario Party three? Yeah. It was, dude. I've oh, since I've loved since then I've loved that game. Little mini games and stuff like that. But freaking yeah, dreams are weird, bro. Being a dream, you know, it's like to have that sense of comfort in a dream. To have that, sense. dude. I love that. I love those dreams that you can remember like that, man. It's and it, you know, I've. I find myself sometimes like not dreaming enough and then sometimes like dreaming, I guess, depend on, I don't know. I'm still trying to understand it. Cause you can't really, 
uh, I was talking to my dad actually about this. Uh, like you can't, I was, there was at some point, like I try to interpret every dream and like, Oh, what does that mean? And stuff like that. And like, it just drove me crazy. Yeah. Like literally. And, <clears throat> but then I was just like, okay, then I, you know, obviously it's like, okay, like dreams are sometimes are just excess sometimes whatever, depending on what you believe, they mean something or whatever. So, um, what do you, dreams are interesting, bro. What do you, let me ask you this. What do you uh -huh. think? I'll tell you what, what yeah, yeah, yeah. mean to me, but what do they mean to you personally? I think they're a mixture of things. I think they're a mixture of, uh, like past experiences, healing. Uh, it's a mixture of a little bit of foresight, like in a sense, like in a weird way, uh, a little bit of sense of like subconsciousness that you don't really like get, you know, notice and stuff like that. Yeah. <clears throat> But mainly, I think it's, I think it's like more science than anything. I think it's just more like, there's a lot of healing that happens, like when you sleep, like that's why you need sleep. And so it's like just something that your body does to, you know, kind of keep your mind going because your mind's always going, you're subconscious. I mean, your heart's beating, you're breathing, you're, you know, so I don't know. But also, I know that the the mind doesn't know the difference between physicality and like mentality. Like, yeah, if you practice something in the mind, like, it, like, yeah, it's that's crazy. So that's why I think it's a big shot. So, I, so yeah, tell me what, what do you think? What is it? What is it dream? I personally think it is uh, kind of like you. It's a mix of a bunch of things. But I I personally think it's a it's a way the brain copes. Mm -hmm. It's a way to cope with the amount of information that you're given on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. and the way your mind is able to kind of deal with it. You know, mm -hmm. you go through life so much, you, you go through a bunch of shit. Um, and your head, basically, while you sleep, has to learn to figure it the fuck out. That's so true. that mm -hmm. you can wake up a regular normal human being mm -hmm. so i think the way f the brain finds its own every person finds its own unique way to cope that's through dreams in my you know, that's pretty cool people yeah. dream. That some people dream a lot and have a lot of nightmares some people you know dream lucidly and control their dreams those are the ones i'm jealous about <laughs> I, that scares me <laughs> I, I want to but it's like whenever whenever uh, you, I learned that you have to like write a journal about what uh -huh. you dreamt I'm like I can't do that no, I, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't commit to that I've tried I mean I've tried like they say like if you can remember your dreams or like that or like look at your hand or something like that I don't, I'm not really sure what the technicality is with that but that's yeah, dude. I mean, the whole the brain, dude. We don't even understand the brain. Like we live here, like we are brain, right? So, right. It's like people God, have this hubris of trying to understand everything. It's like we can't even understand dreams. We can't even understand our own head. What makes you think we can understand? <laughs> you know, you know, we don't even know like ninety percent of the ocean yeah. or some shit like that. Like oh, it's no, like five, ten like, percent. What the fuck is that? We there? know like, more about <laughs> space, dude. We know more about space. How wild is that? There's a movie. Uh, there's actually a movie that it's like 
of supposedly based on a two story. Like it's like about an underground like tunnel that or people that went super deep and like Alien. there's like monsters on there and like like octopuses and there's like a mother that's like super huge that's like I mean yeah all that I, I I love the thought of that but I would never ever 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 go down there like that man because that shit it's is way too terrifying I feel like we're <laughs> developing this fear of the ocean and they have every right to. Okay, like absolutely the deep ocean has some scary things in there all right look do not even afraid. whales bro whales are scary to me for some reason like really? i think so dude i mean imagine swimming no whales. Just like, no whales. Like, <laughs> like if they're helping you yeah, maybe but man okay imagine you're swimming in the middle of the ocean you just and you just like you just know like you're just looking down you have like goggles and you had like you see down it's like Wah. like what would you do bro like it's a whale by the way it's a whale you know it's a whale but it's freaking terrifying because that thing's huge (laughs) terrifying the ocean is terrifying mainly because we are not good swimmers yeah yeah that's true we can't dodge exactly like if we're stuck in the water with no equipment you bet your ass we're literally just fucked totally fucked it's only a matter of time we're only gonna like what uh get exhausted sink eventually you know yeah shit man dude i was gonna ask you man is there anything you wish i would have asked you here man i know we kind of, i'm kind of stealing your time a little oh, no. too long but then i was um, is there anything that you would ask you ask you about anything that's a good question uh that question you should ask me that question earlier yeah. <laughs> um, I love how you think about it too, because you're like, Ooh, you're like looking at it from like a. <laughs> you about your sponsor and how you feel and like how you feel about. Uh... So I literally just got an email. I just got an email, or not an email. I I was checking the monetization. I'm actually on that page right now, and uh, they have. There, I'm waiting for them to send an email. I will say who it is right now. It's Anchor, and uh, and Anchor is going to be, uh, you know. I mean, they're amazing uh, with how the like everything's set up, how they're you know doing the setup and everything with the episodes. With the, oh my gosh, this is so cool! But um, they're gonna give me actually a script uh, of what to say, and then I can record like the commercial and stuff like yeah, that. So nice. That is gonna be really cool. Add your and own little spiciness to it, you know. Do what? Add your own little spiciness to it. Yeah. it exactly, and that's what they say. Like, be enthusiastic. Yeah, be be your. So, they, they're supposed to send me an email. It literally says right here, like, uh, we're hard work at setting up your first Anchor ad, and we'll email you once it's ready for you to record. That's so. perfect. Congratulations, and you're growing, man. Dude, it's happening, bro. It's happening, and you're helping me. <laughs> you're helping me with this, man. But no, I can't think of you are great. You're an amazing host, man, as always. Keep doing Thanks, you. bro. Keep growing. All right, don't be afraid of... of, of Getting some outlandish guests, man. Good. Go out there. Fuck it. People, I'll tell you, people want to be on camera and people want no kidding, to talk huh? about you. People want yeah. to talk. I'm telling yeah. you. So if you find your, if you, if, if you say go on Facebook or go on social media and be like, hey, I'm looking for, get anybody want to come in my show and talk? I'd love to have you. Yeah. See, I've yet to do that, but again, I, I mean, having you like, you know, keep talking, I'm going to keep talking to you and I, I'm going to keep asking you questions and stuff. Cause this is going to be a journey, man. 
you know, but I'm glad you're literally part of it. Literally, quite literally part of glad it, bro. To be a part of it. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to grow with you. It's an honor to be a guest here. Appreciate you, Leo. You're great all I appreciate it, brother. A little jingle at the end. Andres Aguilar, look him up. Thank you.